Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I love telling stories. My wife sometimes says, I don't understand where your mind wanders off the reservation and comes up with these ideas, but keep it going. But having been an actor, I know their language. I know how to work with them. I enjoy creating the project. I enjoy empowering all my crew to do their job the best they can. I don't, I'm not a dictator. Like I ask the wardrobe people their opinion, makeup, set dressing, everybody's opinion, and then I make up my mind, of course. But I'm open to that because I think it makes me a stronger director to listen because you never know where your ideas are going to come from. Melting Pot, a global podcast series hosted by Pile, connects guests who have inspiring stories and reaches out to a multicultural audience over 52 countries. Guests are diverse, such as celebrities, entrepreneurs, travelers, and many more who've had a turning point in their lives and moved over to a holistic lifestyle. Follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, social media. Hi, everyone. Today, I am in conversation with John Callis. John is an Emmy-nominated writer, director, producer from Hollywood. His experience ranges from the worldwide release of feature films to numerous motion picture trailers, national and international commercials, a documentary, live-action title sequences, and a lot else he's got a whole bag of experiences which um, I'm sure we'll have and hopefully an opportunity to talk about in addition I want to add that John is also an advocate for mental health he's founded a voice in mental health uh, which is a non-profit correct me if I'm wrong he has also authored when the rain stops which is his personal memoir as a survivor. And I just want to add here the key words that John always believes in are uncover, discover, recover. Thank you so much for joining me this morning for you, John. And I I really appreciate the fact that you've been up and you mentioned before we started recording at 5 a.m. so that you're ready for a 7 a.m chat with me i really appreciate that thank you so much john thank you for having me and uh, i'm here for you and your audience great now there is a couple obviously there's so much that we really need to talk about so i will try and divide the conversation into you being a survivor a mental health survivor and also your hollywood journey so what would you prefer that we start with um i'm a gentleman so i'm gonna say ladies choice (laughs) okay so let's just maybe we start with mental health and what you went through 
because that eventually when you recovered is what led you into getting into Hollywood and becoming a producer director. So I think that would be a very seamless journey for you. Let's start with what was, I have read a part of your book and I would like you to share some details about it with the viewers and the listeners who are not aware of it because it's your personal journey and it's a very raw what's the word it, it, it's it touches you from whatever I have read off the book it's a very extremely raw memoir so can you just highlight a little bit about that your experiences that's one and then eventually what was the trigger and what was like the time in your life when you said, no, I have to recover from this? I guess it's best to start with the, the book's overall view is a ghetto kid um, comes out of uh, some serious trauma and winds up being a successful Hollywood director, writer, producer. It started with my dad dying at three years old. Um, we were in an impoverished neighborhood. My mom was pregnant with a fourth kid and miscarried at the funeral. I guess after he died, I, I felt very abandoned. And I started slipping into depression. And as the years went on, I got into a lot of trouble. I gave up on my religion. I thought the world hated me. I certainly hated it. Uh, I lost all faith. Uh, I didn't know where I was going. Uh, they sent me to military school to help me straighten out. And that was worse because I was very much abused there. It was a very horrible experience for me, although some of the students there were there out of their own needs because they wanted to be military people. So my experience was quite different than theirs. By the time I was 15, I had lost everything. My head was going crazy. I had no friends, was bullied. I was in a private school. And one night I said, enough, it's enough. And I walked to the edge of a, a dock and jumped into a partially frozen lake. Yeah, so I wanted to kill myself. I just didn't want to go on anymore. And as the water was rushing into my lungs, the thought hit me that I didn't want to die and there had to be something better. And so I got out and started to rebuild my life. And did you finish military school or you just decided to do something different? I did three years of military school. Then I told my mother and my stepdad at the time, that if they thought about sending me back, that I would jump off the train and they would never see me again. And they took it serious because they knew I had it. And that's why they took me out of military school and put me in private school at 15, uh, 10th grade, yeah. And that, that's when I was even bullied in private school. So that's when I attempted suicide. Oh, so this was when you were at your private school. But yes. then what, how did you help yourself? Did you have support, whether it was professional help or family or friends? How much of that support encouraged you? That's one. And two, what else did you get helped with in order to recover and enter the next phase of your life? I think it's important to understand at the time that I committed, I tried to commit suicide, there was really no structure or mental health experts to, to rely on. So I was very, again, feeling very abandoned. And I guess some of the things that helped me, which I didn't realize at the time, 
was that a soccer coach asked me why I wasn't playing sports. And I explained my whole situation and he took me under his wing. And then when my chemistry teacher caught wind of it, he basically bribed me and said, would you like to pass chemistry really high marks? And I said, yeah. He said, then you're going to learn to wrestle. I said, okay. And then my hockey coach decided to take me on too. It's interesting because once I was exposed to sports, I found an avenue to get my anger out. Uh, it, it gave me an opportunity to just get it out of my system. So I think what started, including my math teacher, believe it or not, because he said, look, I understand you have problems with authority. I said, I do. He says, and I have, I, I get that you have problems with arguing with people. I said, I do. He goes, I'm going to tell you something about math. I said, what's that? He said, one and one is two. I said, I don't understand your point. He said, nobody can argue that. There's, it's not subjective, objective. It's strictly the facts. And I, I taught that and I thought, wow, that's interesting. And he took me under his wing and I, I became really good at math. All of a sudden, I had mentors that I didn't know what to call them. They, they were mentors, but I didn't know I was being mentored. And I think that began uh, the start. I think it's important for your audience to know that the, the real change in my life was when I decided for myself that I had to change. Because nobody can convince you. Nobody's going to say, if you do this, you'll sprinkle fairy dust and you'll be better. You have to find something inside of yourself that says, life is like a blank piece of paper. How do I want it to look? I did go to therapy for a long time, which I which also helped me. Okay, so essentially mentors and therapy, but you're the one who really saw light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of the recovery also was entirely you pushing yourself because you knew that there was a lot more to life and that you wanted to actually see what there was and go ahead and try and make it a part of your existence as well. So there's a lot of stigma around mental health and how are you using your voice to actually bring about a change? Because am I right when in the introduction I said that it was a nonprofit that you had set up? No, it's not a nonprofit. Okay. It's just a, it, it's the website's still being built, but um, it's designed to have resources and uh, other people coming on and, and telling their story and exposing what the book's about and, and how I can be instrumental in helping. I'm not a therapist, but I can certainly, through life experience, explain what I went through and offer suggestions on how other people might be able to get through it as well. Okay, so it's essentially building a community. And Correct. Okay, okay, I understand that. So I stand corrected about it being a nonprofit. I wasn't really sure, but thank you for that. So again, like I said, um, there is a lot of stigma around mental health so have you so you're hoping to use your platform as an enabler as a discussion point as being able to create awareness as being able to give put your life experiences forward and help people understand that it's okay not to be okay and how you can bring about change through your personal experiences you're able to 
share with people. So what it's a very courageous thing to do to actually verbalize and in in your case you did not you verbalized it through your writing through your memoir so when did you actually what was the point where you said okay i need to pen down my life up to the point i believe it started about 45 years ago when a therapist said why don't you just write a few pages about what you experienced so that we could talk about it and after he read it, the next session, I walked in and he just grabbed me and he hugged me and he said, I don't understand how you turned out like you did. And so I thought, that's interesting. Um, so I just kept writing and writing. And then I turned it into a journey that my friend, who's also an editor, and my wife read. And they said, who's this character you're talking about? I said, what do you mean? I said, John, this life path that you write, you've written about is not about another character. It's about you. You can't put it as a fake person. You need to say it honestly and rawly. And so I thought about it and I said, okay, if I'm going to help people, then I've got to make them understand that this is what I went through. And if it resonates with them, then perhaps they can find their own application within the book because... Uh, when people read the book, they said, I can relate to this section so much because I went through the same thing. And, and it's really interesting because one of the reviewers of the book read it and he and his wife read it. And his wife wrote me an email and said, I just want you to know how powerful your book is. After we read it, my husband went over the phone and called his mother, who he hasn't spoken to in 10 years. And now she's back in his life. That gave me some really peace that I helped somebody without preaching i just told the story and i decided that if it was going to be helpful it had to be honest and raw and i couldn't hold back i had to be totally honest and transparent and there were times when i would sit writing and i'd be crying my eyes out because i had to relive the experience yeah. in order to have the two voices yeah 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 okay that's incredible because it takes a lot of courage to be able to do that and then to to acknowledge that it's you and you're not writing uh, as a third person stories yeah no I have gone through some pages and I'm definitely going to read your entire book for sure so how did Hollywood become a part of your life I started out by um, going to college as a chemistry major and my chemistry teacher took me, uh, my teacher took me for a walk and he said, you come out of three hour labs in 45 minutes and it's perfect. You're an A student. I said, okay. He goes, talk to the administration already. You're out of my class. And I said, I I'm confused. What, what are you talking about? He said, why are you a chemist? Why do you want to be one? You're not the guy with the pocket with the pens and stuff. And I explained to him, I, I wanted to cure cancer because my dad died in it. And he said, I thought it was something like that. He said, I'm going to tell you something you need to understand. You're not a chemist. You're an artist. You need to find that creativity in yourself. And that's where the journey began to Hollywood. I joined the theater through a friend of mine, found a, an amazing comfort there because it was creating stuff. I felt really good. I could express myself. I found an outlet. And then when I got to Hollywood, everything collapsed. I came here to do my master's degree, which I did, but I couldn't get a job. I mean, I got really depressed about it. And I, I just said, no, you're not going to get depressed about it. You're going to come up with a plan. And the plan means you got to do something consistently every day. 
And I drove around town handing out resumes, talking to people, and finally I got a break and it started to unravel for me. So you started as a director? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, actually, my first job was to park cars for, for 18 hours a day for $25. And friends laughed. They said, what are you doing? I said, I'm in the business at least. And, you know, I'm, I got my foot in the door. And years later, I realized how valuable learning to park cars was because when I was in charge of the set. I knew exactly where all of the trucks and everything had to be. And instead of two hours in the morning, I had it up and running in 20 minutes. So I think the lesson for me was take every life experience and find how you can apply it to what you want to be doing. Yeah. And like you, you said, it's the persistence, which always pays off in the end. And despite the fact that you had a master's degree, you actually did not care. And you said, if I need a a foot in the door, then even if it means I have to park cars, I will do it as long as I'm able to. And I think it helped you get into the system and understand what happens from not being a part of it to to then getting a complete understanding. And so when you actually got into it, it was a lot easier for you. It's never easy, but I think you had a better understanding and and that's important. I think every little step adds up to the final step. So it makes a lot of sense. So after you got your break, was it as a director, writer or producer? I wish I could say yes to any of those, but it wasn't. I started by being in the art department. And for me, it was really valuable because I learned from all of the different departments how it functioned. And one day at lunch, I made a a dumb comment about the the shoe was behind because the actors didn't understand how to work their accent. And the guy sitting next to me said, what's your name? I said, John Callis. He stood up and I said, what is he doing? Turned out I was sitting next to the director at lunch and I didn't know it. And he said, John Callis is now not going to be in the art department anymore. And I thought, oh, great, I'm getting fired. He goes, he's going to work with the actors and he's going to make sure their accents are right. I said, oh, okay. (laughs) So I became a dialogue director. And from there, I became an assistant director in his next feature film and then a unit production manager. And I had to work around the circuit for a long time, but finally got a producing job and then I started getting a couple of directing jobs and I decided I wanted to write. My mother laughed and said, you don't even write me letters. How are you going to be a writer? 
I said, I'll keep trying, Mom. <laughs> and, and so I've written six books now, many screenplays, Emmy nominated director, and it just, things started unfolding. But to be honest with you, it wasn't always easy. It fell apart at one point. I became a counsel in employment agency. I was a waiter. And, and then something happened again, and it got me back in, and I never turned around after that. You've always, it seems, had mentors who've somehow been your guiding light, guiding force, whatever it may be, right from when you were at school. You mentioned your chemistry teacher, your math teacher, how they encouraged you to play sport, and then how even as being a part of the art department and then you're sitting next to a director and you suddenly move on to doing something else so I think at every stage you've always had some whether it was a time when growing up you were going through depression to when you got into the business of movies again you had mentors who just came along and helped you and encouraged you which is which I think is such a wonderful way to move forward, even though it will seem like a struggle, but there's always somewhere, someone in the background who's looking out for you. And I think that's the most important message here. John, writer, director, producer, what is the hat that you like wearing the most? Can you actually... It, Everyone has something which weighs stronger than something else. So what would it be for you? I guess if, if to answer your question, my passion is all about directing because I love telling stories. My wife sometimes says, I don't understand where your mind wanders off the reservation and comes up with these ideas, but keep it going. But having been an actor, I know their language. I know how to work with them. I enjoy creating the project. I enjoy empowering all my crew to do their job the best they can. I don't, I'm not a dictator. Like I ask the wardrobe people their opinion, makeup, set dressing, everybody's opinion. And then I make up my mind, of course. But I'm open to that uh, because I think it makes me a stronger director to listen because you never know where your ideas are going to come from. And I just, I love creating and telling stories. My answer for $300 is director. <laughs> Okay, good to know. <laughs> so you have obviously seen a change in time with the digital age becoming such a prominent factor and such an important factor even in within the film industry. So as a producer, how do you think, because now you have online platforms, you have streaming you have it's diversified so how are you able to keep up with technology and the different shift and and it happens periodically but you've obviously been a part of that change because you've been in this business for such a long time so how has it been for you and how do you process it that's a very insightful question. I started with film. Everything was very bulky. You had big cameras and, and crews and stuff. And 
when videotape came along and everyone started panicking, said, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. The video is going to take over. And I, I looked at it and I thought, no, it's just a different technology. Let's explore that. And so I got into understanding what videotape was and soon realized that it wasn't going to replace film. It's just another medium. And so when the digital world came along, I did the same kind of mindset saying, if I don't keep up with it, I'm going to be left behind. So I started studying it. I understood the benefits. At the beginning of digital, it was a complicated problem because the transfer of digital to material became very expensive and complex. And it was a very sterile look. Now, as technology developed, we were able to add grain in, which is what film has, and it felt more organic and less medicinal. I also saw the benefit of digital photography because you really are seeing what you are going to get. You don't have to take it to a lab. There's so much easier to do effects, special effects uh, with digital photography. And the editing process is unbelievably fast. You're not cutting film anymore. You can say, can you move that? Boom. And it's done. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you have to look at it and say every form of media in entertainment has its application. Just know where to apply it. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Fair point. How do you... I think collaboration is a very important aspect of any business. And I would say, especially for the film business. So how do you see the collaboration between the producer, director, writer during the production process? How important is the collaboration? I think it's critical. Fortunately, my last film I wrote, directed, and produced it, so I was arguing with myself a lot. Uh, <laughs> but to give you an example of collaboration, my script supervisor came to me and said, can I make a suggestion about the script? I said, absolutely, what? And she outlined three things that I had done in the beginning of the story that she said, it gives it all away. And I went and read it. I came back to her and said, I read it again, and you're right. How do we fix this? And we talked about it. We moved the scenes further down, and I rewrote a bunch of stuff and really was grateful for her collaboration on it. Uh, now, when I'm a specific person, let's say I'm the director, when I get a script, the collaboration for me is not to try to change the script. If I don't, if I find myself wanting to change the script, then I'm the wrong guy for the, the job. But if I see the, the nugget, I love the story, but there are some structural things or character things or dialogue, I sit the writer down and say, explain to me what you were thinking in this scene, because I'm having a little hard time with it. And he or she will explain it. And I'll say, okay, I get it. It's not on the paper. So let's figure out how we get it on the paper, because if that's your intention, I love it, but it's not here yet. And so we'll work that way. The producer, what I do is I go to the producers, the director and say, can I do this with you? I would like to tell you all of my creative ideas, all the equipment I think I'm going to need. Pretend there's no budget. I'll hand all that over to you. Then you come back to me and tell me if I can have that. And if not, what do we have to do to fish tree? Maybe I can't have five days with a crane. I can only have two, but then I can have this over here. So let's work it so that we can both figure out how to make it work financially. And I still get the creative vision that I want. Okay. So collaboration okay. is key. Monumentally. Monumentally. Okay. Last question for you. Would you ever consider when the rain stops becoming 
a movie? I have been thinking about that greatly because I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten saying, John, turn this into a film. You could help millions of people because the journey can be so powerful. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll feel something, you'll relate to it. it it's a really statement about mental health and how you can get out of it and live a healthy, happy, and successful life. And? And so I have two other things I'm writing at the moment, but I am going to focus on that because I really want to do it now. Okay, thank you so much, John. It's been wonderful talking to you and your story truly is powerful. And the message here is very clear that you should never give up. There will be obstacles, there will be emotional challenges, but you have to be able to stay firmly on ground. You have to be able to overcome them, however hard it may seem at the time, but there is always a very positive path ahead and you have actually paved such a path for yourself. You've had mentors moving forward, but a lot of it you've been able to do on your own and we can see the success and success is not just material success, but I think the fact that you've been able to turn your life around in such a beautiful way, I think is a lesson for a lot of people. And I really appreciate you sharing your experience and your journey with me. And I'm sure the viewers and the listeners are also going to take away a lot from it. So thank you once again, John. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. And thank you so much for your kind words. It means a lot to me. Thank you. You have a wonderful morning. And I do appreciate once again, you waking up at 5am to do this conversation with me. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day ahead of you. Thank you. You too. Thank you, John. You take care. For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.